So I went on maternity leave, three months went by and I was supposed to go back to work, but my kid was having like horrible feeding issues. And like, I was seeing specialists after specialists that we were going to drive like an hour and a half to doctors every single week. And I was like, there's no way I can go back to work. Like I can't. And so I was just like, you know, I'm stuck at home anyway. I might as well work and do what I wanted and like, you know, try to knock off that bucket list idea, you know, didn't tell anybody I was writing a book at this point. So I just wrote it. And then 80,000 words later, and I was like, I typed the end and I was like, oh, Okay, I did it. Hey, hi, hello, Angelia here. And I'm Alexis. And this is Before the Prologue. And Alexis, guess what? What? We are interviewing Alexis today. Wait a second. But not you, Alexis, a different Alexis. Um, Yeah, uh (laughs) (sighs) uh-huh. No, we are interviewing Alexis Menard and She is equally as amazing as you are, and I'm excited for our listeners to learn a little bit more about her. So do you care to read her bio for us? I would love to. Alexis Menard is a registered nurse based out of Louisiana, where she lives with her husband, toddler, and two oversized dogs. She enjoys long walks through the Renaissance Fair, reading smutty romance into the dark hours of the night, and wine nights with her Finer Things Club. She hopes to enrich the lives of her readers with a world they can both escape in and take with them long after the final chapter. Alexis is the author of the Eternal Knot series and the Last Daughter duology. So I asked Alexis which um, book blurb that she would like us to share, and she said The Last Daughter would be perfect. So The Last Daughter, the book blurb says, She's cursed with the dead witch's power over fate. He's a heartless demigod born for revenge and redemption. Once her enemy, now a conflict of interest. The fate of the nine realms dangles on a dangerously thin thread. I love that she used the words conflict of interest. I feel like that's the ultimate insult. There's so much tension there. Yes. With phrasing like that, you know, you know, you are getting a tension-filled, action-packed romance. And it's gonna, it's giving me enemies to lovers. Any enemies to lovers is amazing. Also, just the fact that This whole book is based around Norse mythology. I find amazing because one, anybody who takes the time to intentionally research a topic and learn oodles of information about that topic, I'm like, good for you. I'm absolutely going to invest my time in reading what you've learned because that's amazing. And then you put a spin on it and you put some fantasy and then other things with it. I'm like, oh, yes, I'm I'm in. And Alexis, you did that with your book um, that you're querying right now. You did a lot of research on Egypt. And I just, kudos to you both because I could never do that. I do not have the brain capacity to do such a thing. Um, However, I applaud those who do. And as someone who has read um, Alexis's previous works, Alexis Menard's, um, I know this book has been dealt with the utmost care. um, And I know it has deliciously descriptive words and scenes Um, and I just, I can't wait for you all to read it and for you all to learn a little bit more about Alexis today. So Alexis, are you ready to interview Alexis? (laughs) I am ready. (laughs) Without further ado, welcome Alexis. Alexis, we are so excited to have you. Um, Alexis, is this freaking you out co-host alexis yes is this freaking you out this is hard maybe maybe yeah call me co-host alexis for this interview because if you don't i'm going to be silent i'm going to assume you're talking to her (laughs) okay 
Um, so I guess my first question for you, and it's a question that we ask most of our people, it's their first question, is what were you like as a kid? Well, um, I think I was a really quiet kid. I was a really weird kid. Um, I had like a lot of different interests that a lot of kids did not have. I was a very nerdy kid. Um, yeah, I mean, I was really quiet as a kid, but I loved obviously like reading and things like that, which was very different from my family that I grew up in, which was very like athletic based. And um, so I was definitely the oddball in my family uh, when I grew up, <laughs> but yeah. That is interesting. We've had, I would say about three or four different people on the podcast so far. Um, and all of those people have kind of said a similar story that they were the oddball and that they were the quiet, weird one in the family. And I just, <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> there's something about being creative and just being weird. You know, mm -hmm. you kind of have to have think, that. Yeah, go ahead. Yeah. I think we just internalize so much. Like we just kind of take in everything and just kind of internalize it and process it. And I think that's, I, I was more, I'm just very introverted naturally, but I, I like to like just watch and listen. Yeah. I can relate to being introverted and observing things. And I think that's what gets those, those cogs turning and it's easier to interact with fictional people than real people because it's all laid out before us. Oh, for sure. <laughs> for sure. For sure. So you mentioned being different than your siblings. What was that dynamic like when you were at home? Would they be the ones kind of running around outside while you were reading a book or watching movies? What was that like? So my siblings are 11 years older than me. Um, so by the time I was like in grade school, they were already like out the house and in college and stuff. Um, but I didn't have much in common with them, obviously, until I got like in my 20s. And my sister actually reads a lot now. Um but yeah, they were, it was, it was different. It was just, we just didn't have a lot of common ground. Um, but they were so much older than me, but it really didn't. We were so like out of touch as it was. Um, we're still close. Like we were still close. Um, but yeah, we were just very, very different. <laughs> still pretty much are. <laughs> I love that though, because those differences, I'm not saying that you wrote your sister into your book. <laughs> I'm not saying that at all. But those <laughs> differences can sometimes give us fuel and inspiration for characters who yes. are wildly different from one another. Right. Again, not saying your sister oh, yeah. is in your book, because <laughs> I know that's like <laughs> a, a fear of people who are, Dangerous. yes, like I'm a writer, so you better back yeah. off or I'm going to Taylor Swift you. You know what I mean? I'm going to write mm -hmm. a book about you. <laughs> I know my husband asked me all the time. He's like, am I, am I like in your book somewhere? I'm like, mm -hmm. <laughs> <laughs> no. <laughs> uh, well. Okay. So you mentioned being into books. What got you into them? Has it something that you just always grew up with and your parents read you books and you clung to them at? No. Okay. <laughs> my parents don't, my parents did not, I, I said, I do not grow up in like a book based household whatsoever. Um, I, used to have like my little TV and I used to watch VHS like Disney movies all day long. And like, I just watched Disney mm -hmm. every day, all day. Um, I had a lot of like role-playing games. Like I was just very into like creative stuff. Like I was never, I didn't have like, again, since my siblings were like 11 years older, I played with myself essentially all the time. <clears throat> I mean, I had friends. Yeah. I wasn't like anti-social weirdo, but <laughs> like I played a lot independently. Um, so 
where was I going with that? Um, yeah. So I just, I would, I, I had a lot of like imaginative stuff that I used to do. And I, I always like made stories like with like my toys mm-hmm. and things. Um, so I was always kind of like into that stuff. It wasn't until I, my like my like school librarian like really picked up on that I liked certain things and she was like well here go to this and like look at this and so I picked up oh my god what was it I picked up the inheritance cycle um the Aragon series because it had the dragons on the cover and I thought I thought it was about chalking dragons um so the synopsis led me a little astray but <laughs> I ended up devouring like all the books um, and it was from then on, I was like, I went from there. Um, my parents also like, they introduced like Lord of the Rings and all that, like those movies to me in a young age. And so I was really into fantasy from a young age. Um, but as soon as I read like Christopher Paolini, and then I got into, I, I watched the first Harry Potter movies and I was like, okay, I'll try to read the books. Like we'll see. And then I started, I remember picking up Goblet of Fire in Target and I started reading it as I was walking in Target and like I did not put it down until I finished it so definitely like Harry Potter all those books like yeah yeah, that's really what started it all for me I I love that I have a guilty Mm -hmm. confession in response to that though I have never read the Harry Potter series I've tried I really tried and I cannot get past book one because I know there's no (laughs) romance for me I know it's towards the end that you get the romance and you know, I read books like your book, your books, yeah. you have multiple books yeah. and they are, there's so much romance in them. And that's what yeah. I love. But you mentioned, yeah. you mentioned that, you know, you had this big imagination when you were a child and um, you got to really spend time with your imagination because you weren't an only mm-hmm. child, but it felt, maybe it felt like you were a little bit because you were so much younger and yeah. you were kind of on your right, own a little bit. Right. Um, do you remember any stories that you may have made up in your head as a kid? Oh God. Uh, so actually when I was in, so when I was in fifth grade, um, that was when hurricane Katrina hit Louisiana. And so my dad had to get us, um, we moved to Arkansas cause he had to change jobs. Um, and so it was like right at the end of the school year. So I didn't really have any, like, I didn't know anybody up there. So over the summer I wrote a book because I didn't have anything like I didn't have anything to do like I said I was in fifth grade and I wrote a book and it's like <gasps> what 250. wait you yeah. can't just speed past that you wrote a book in fifth grade <laughs> yes it's not it's like in like a little diary before I knew how to use the computer so I wrote it in like my little diary and like my mom picked it up one day she was like what the heck what is this I was like I'm just wrote the book. she's like oh okay <laughs> you've just been writing stuff in your room like all summer okay but do yeah, you remember was, anything uh, about it not much um it was something about like a girl being abandoned like her parents got killed in like this car crash and then like like I don't know is something and then she like ran and took off and like it was I don't know I I honestly cannot tell you what it was about <laughs> but it, it, I remember the beginnings of it but yeah it already sounds dramatic <laughs> it was very dramatic I was like well, okay <laughs> and it's funny because my friend um a friend that I made in sixth grade like 
when I finally made friends at that school. Um, I'm still friends with her. She actually read that book. And so she, she likes to call herself like my first, my first beta reader. <laughs> so she's still, she's still beta readers for me. <laughs> That's a true lifer. It really is. Yeah. Okay. So I'm going to rewind a little bit because you mentioned Disney and I had this realization the other day and I want to see if you can relate. I didn't actually realize that Disney, to an extent, there's some fantasy movies in there because you've got the magic. You've got these almost mm -hmm. like secondary worlds. Right. And so would you say that was your gateway into fantasy? Was those Disney movies that you would pop into your VHS players? I think so. Like, I mean, obviously like the magic of Disney and like the themes in Disney, just, you know, dreaming and, um, and like good versus evil and all those, you know, all those good themes. Those are always like, those are constant in every, uh, in every book, every fantasy movie or whatever you get to, um, even though they're for kids, like there's still like those classic themes that are really laced everywhere else. Um, so I, I would say so. Do you remember which, did you have a favorite movie that you clung to or that you kind of obsessed over? Mm. Mm, that's hard. <laughs> I'm trying to think. I was a princess nerd. Like I loved the princesses. Like any princess movie I could, I was, I was down. So I think I love, I mean, I love Cinderella because she was just so kind and I like, I loved her kindness. But that was, I think that was probably my favorite. Yeah. Cinderella was mine for a hot minute. And then I realized I really like Belle. I really like I love Belle. Belle too. She's like yeah, she's a very close second. Like it's kind of yes. like, yeah. <laughs> so you also mentioned that your um, mom picked, she saw your journal and she's like, yeah, you wrote a book. That's amazing. Have... <laughs> how do your parents respond to you writing now? Like it wasn't just a thing that you did in fifth grade. Now you are a, you are an author. Yeah. You are a published yeah. author of four <laughs> books that you wrote in the span of yeah. how many years while being pregnant and a nurse? <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I. Uh, yeah. <laughs> um, they're really, I mean, they're obviously very proud and yeah. they're very excited for me. Um, they're not surprised. <laughs> at all mm -hmm. <laughs> um my mom I told my mom I was like look I mean it's, she's not like she's not fantasy she she loves like Lord of the Rings and Harry Potter she's like she'll watch those stuff with me but like as far as like reading wise she's not that's not her genre so yeah. I'm like please you know and it's really you're not gonna hurt my feelings if you don't read them because there's some content in there that I do not want my parents to read okay so <laughs> let's not <laughs> I'll take your support I know you support me you do not have to read them and I, I'm okay with it so Good. And this isn't reverse psychology. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So what you're saying is you've got some scenes in there that might be a little too spicy for mom and dad to know that their daughter wrote. Much, yeah, much too spicy. <laughs> I get much it. Spicy. I get it. Yeah. I'm still going to write them though. <laughs> and it's funny because when I, when I first started writing, I was like, I'm not writing spicy scenes. Oh my God. I could, like that is mortifying. There's no way I could like write about that. Like even just typing out the word, the, you know, the D word. I was like, oh God. So, so scandalous <laughs> <laughs> my last book I'm just like <laughs> I remember forever ago I can't remember it was like a year ago you posted a TikTok we you and I were chatting about TikTok and you actually were the person who made me you didn't make me get a TikTok but you inspired me to get a TikTok um and I remember you posted a story 
it was something like, I think my brother saw my TikTok about me writing yes. spicy oh books. Oh my god! <laughs> oh my god! So like, I used to not post any like really spicy snippets on my Instagram because my brother followed me on Instagram, and he doesn't follow a whole lot of people on his Instagram. So like, you know, he's a guy. So he's like, my stuff is going to come up if he gets on Instagram. <laughs> so I'm like, I I just kind of keep it mindful in there and then also on Instagram you can also like block people like they can still follow you but like you block them from the stories so sometimes I'd share stuff with my stories and I know he wouldn't see it well then he like I post like some steamy stuff on TikTok and then I see him <laughs> liking a different video and I'm like oh shoot <laughs> what if he saw that other video <laughs> oh, but I mean like he knows I like he knows I write this stuff like it's his wife, my uh, my sister-in-law, she's read my stuff. So like, they know, they're very, they know, they know what it, but no, I just, that was very uncomfortable. <laughs> but how sweet is it though, to see how supportive, regardless, so supportive. <laughs> yeah. Yes. Yeah. So it's nice of them. Do you enjoy knowing that people you are close to are reading? It's maybe not the parents, but have you had any friends that have really connected with the stories that you've written? Yes. So I actually had a friend back in high school. And like I said, I went to high school in Arkansas and then I moved back to Louisiana. So I had a friend and it's been like 10 years since I graduated high school, but I have had a friend and like, she followed me on my writer page um, before I started publishing. And she's like bought every single book that I've written. And she's like, and it's like, it's so, and it's so great. Like we weren't best friends in high school or anything, but we were in the same classes and just like the same circles. And, and it's like, it means so much to me. And I don't think she really understands that. Like she'll never will, but like, it really does mean so much to me that like she has read every single book that I've written and she's made, she's like written reviews for them. And she's bought my autograph copies. I'm just like, just like stuff. I'm just like, like I don't I feel like it is like I don't deserve like your kindness like this is so amazing um so yeah that's that's like one special thing that's like that's kind of happened to me Mm. stuff like that really does make the difference especially in the any journey to publication whether you Mm -hmm. are indie trad or you're just writing and posting on Wattpad Mm -hmm. it's all so hard because you're putting out what you believe is your best work and you're going to be met with two and one star reviews, which is hard. Mm -hmm. You're going to be met Mm -hmm. with, uh, I mean, you were the first person to prepare me for the rejections that were going to come with querying. You were the Mm -hmm. absolute first person. I have our messages saved from that time. And you were the person who gave me all, I'm serious. You gave me all my tips and tricks a a year and a half ago. And it's just, regardless of how you're choosing to to pursue publishing, it is hard. So stuff like that Mm -hmm. is so, so important. And I love that you have this person from 10 years removed in your past, yeah. who is cheering you on yeah. and supporting you in this way. That, I mean, that's invaluable to a writer and an author. It really, it is. really is. It is. It is. Definitely. Would you say there were, again, we, we really like to go back to like childhood stuff on this podcast. And I'm just, for me, high school and middle school were hell. I really hated all of it. I was the band, the band girl, um, really loved hanging out with emo kids, but I also like, I sort of hung out with a different lot of friend groups. Um, were there any things in high school that you think inspired you to do what you do today, aside from nursing? But like, were there any moments in high school where you thought, I have this dream to write a book? Honestly, so, I mean, writing a book has always been on my 
bucket list. Um, I never thought I could do it. Like I never thought I would like actually publish a book that people would read. Like I thought I would just write it and then it would be there and it would exist. But I did not think it would be on a shelf, much less a thousand shelves across the world. Like there's no way, like I never, no, like you can't even like- That's amazing. I can't, like I can't even like comprehend that sometimes. Like Mm -hmm. it's just crazy to me. So no, I wouldn't say I- had any inclination in high school um or like anything that really I mean I was kind of with you so I was that I was an emo kid like I dressed in the colored skinny jeans I had the hair tees I had the mayday parade on my on my phone like I was I was the emo kid with my friend (laughs) we were the only two emo kids in a country like high school in Arkansas like there's not a lot of emo people in the middle of Greenbrier, Arkansas. Okay. (laughs) We were different. (laughs) But, um, I mean, I loved my, I, I did have a good high school experience. I will say that. So people were very accepting of my weirdness because everybody was kind of a little weird, you know, it's, it's, it was a small high school in the middle of nowhere. So (laughs) everybody had their weird gene, I guess. Um, but yeah, I was not, I did not think I would do this in high school. There's no, like I, I was, I was in my AP classes. I had my, you know, my college and my master's like all planned out. I was like, this is what I'm going to do with my life. And that's like, I had my course set. I was like, I'm going to, I'm going to find someone in college. I'm going to get married at this age. I'm going to do this at this age. Like I had my 10 year plan, like already done. Writing was not in there whatsoever. What would, so how did you get, oh, you go ahead, Alexis. Sorry. You go. No, no, no. I insist you do it. Oh, I was just going to ask, it wasn't in your plan. So what changed? Um, I had a baby. <laughs> so I don't know if this would come up later in your questions, but I, so I was an RN. Um, I still am an RN, but I was working full time, um, on a cancer floor. Um, night shifts and I like it's it changes everything like your whole identity changes and no one ever talks about that you know how much like that day you come home from the hospital like you are completely changed like nothing is the same anymore um so I had to deal with you know my identity changing losing my job you know and not having that um outlet anymore um, I was stuck at home all the time because my kid was like, he was just, he didn't eat. So it was like, I really couldn't go places. Um, and it was COVID. So everything was closed and I was extremely like, I wasn't, I didn't have postpartum depression, but I was definitely very depressed. Um, cause I just, I mean, anyone who's stuck at home when they aren't used to being stuck at home, you kind of just get stir crazy and you get really emotional and, um, it was just a hard time. So there was, I, I, I remember just like waiting for my kid. Cause my kid woke up every hour and a half for like the first six months. <laughs> and I remember just sitting there waiting for him to wake up again. And, um, <laughs> I was like, let me just, let me just write something. And I just opened my computer and I just started writing this little story that's been in my I guess my arsenal for like the past, like five years, I guess it's, I mean, it wasn't anything like mind blowing or anything. Um, but it was just like a very simple, 
romance or whatever. And I just started, I wrote the first chapter and I was like, this is pretty cool. So I just kept writing it and, you know, just every time he fell asleep, I would just go back on the computer and just punch it away. And it just kind of kept my mind busy and it kept my mind off of I'm stuck at home. I'm not doing anything. I'm not like progressing. I'm not doing anything. And so I was just like, you know, I'm stuck at home anyway. I might as well work and do what I wanted and like, you know, try to knock off that bucket list idea, you know, didn't tell anybody I was writing a book at this point. So I just wrote it. And then 80,000 words later, and I was like, I typed the end and I was like, oh, okay, (laughs) I did it. And um, yeah, that was the start of it all. Wow. And what book was that that you're talking about now? You'll never know. (laughs) Okay. It's it's still in my uh, storage drive. It's, I might one day like take it out and rewrite. I'd have to rewrite it completely though. It is, Mm -hmm. it's not, I mean, it's not terrible. I mean, I, uh, no, I just, I I wouldn't like, it's not the best work, obviously. Um, but it taught me everything I needed to know about writing. So it taught me like how to get started. Um, cause I, I actually did query that book and like, I actually got like full requests and all that stuff for it. So I got a lot of attention for it, but I, I'm just not comfortable releasing it ever. Um, so unless I just did a lot of rewrites on it. Yeah. That's, what do you think middle school or high school Alexis would say to Alexis now? She would be super proud of me. Um, just because like, I'm not, I'm just out of space. Like this is where I've always wanted to be. And I didn't know it. Um, it's just like, I, I told my husband the other day, I was like, I am so happy. Like, this is perfect. Like life right now. Like I, I don't, and like, I hate saying that because like, I feel like God's going to be like, you know, like shake things up. Like, oh, you're yeah. comfortable? Okay. <laughs> but yep. You know, like just staying home with my kids and like having this to like kind of bring in money at the same time to so where I don't feel like I'm just like, I don't know, just being idle at home. Um, it just it's it feels good. And um, and I'm doing something that I actually really love. Um, like I don't dread writing. I never dread writing. I love staying up till 1am to write. Like now if you told me you have to go to work at 9pm and work till the next morning, I'd be like, Oh, hell no. You know, but, um, you know, so I, I, and I love being a nurse too. I love it. Um, but it's not like writing and I like that I can enjoy my kids and also have like this kind of as a job at the same time. What was the thing that made you realize after you finished book one that you wanted to pursue this as a career and not just as this hobby while your kiddo was sleeping? So when I got feedback from agents, they were like, you know, you're a really great writer. This is beautiful writing. It's just not marketable. Um, And so they kind of gave me like a little hope. I'm like, well, maybe if I just write something else that is marketable, um, I could do it because they've already like told me like, you can do it. Like you, you, you are a good writer. You can do this. Um, you just have to write something we can sell. So, and I, and at that point I was like, I don't know if I can come up with anything else, but we'll see. And so I just went for a run one day and I I thought of a different concept, you know, and it kind of just blossomed from there. 
Yeah. I would also just like to add on to that. I think what is marketable is so subjective. Mm-hmm. So, yes. I mean, that in some regards, that is good, good advice, I guess. But also, like, that's very subjective because who knows? It's just a matter of what agent reads your book and if they love it, you know? Yeah. But I, I can see how that would be like a double-edged sword kind of, of advice. Like, part of me would love hearing that, that, oh, thank you. You think I'm good, but you don't think I'm good enough to say. Yeah. yeah. And I'm sure they didn't mean it in that way. So oh, I just yeah. want to encourage you. Man, I would love to read that first book. Now I'm intrigued. <laughs> I'm, I'm not going to beg, but if you want to publish it in a couple years, would <laughs> I would love know, to check it out. I would, I, I would probably, yeah. I mean, I could definitely rewrite it if you, I mean, despite, I just need to spice it up a little bit. It's too, too mild for my taste, you know. It needs okay. a little, <laughs> needs a little flat, like a little sparkle. I don't know. It's just kind of boring right now. But um, yeah, like they said, I, I was grateful for the encouragement. And yes, you're right. Like marketing, what, what is marketable is so subjective. Um, like, obviously, like, I queried The Last Daughter, and I got nothing. Like, I think I got maybe one full request. Um, and that book has done just fine. <laughs> that is, su- and so, that is such a marketable book, too, because people love retellings, but a Norse god retellings or that mythology, like, you don't have a lot of that. That is so, like... Ooh, I'm gonna. I'm in. I thought when I was writing it, I was like, "Oh, this is really marketable because I can't find like I I wrote yeah. it because I couldn't find it." Um, but people really like agents when it comes to mythology. They really wanted like Eastern mythologies and stuff. Mm-hmm. So they wanted more like of the different stuff. And so and and it's so frustrating because you go and you look what's being published and you're like, "That's a Greek another Greek mythology retelling," but you didn't want mine. Like, I'm so confused. So yeah. I just I don't know. I take you know, those wish lists that they have, um, I take those with a grain of salt. Like if you have my genre, I'm probably just going to query you because yep. <laughs> I mean, like they say a lot of agents, like they, they have like their guidelines of what they want, but until you get it in front of them, you don't know if they want it or not. So mm-hmm. yeah. it, it takes a lot of patience and resilience to be a writer or author of any kind. But I specifically think that to be an indie author, it takes so much resilience because one, people are out there pirating your book, which we got to stop that. That's awful. Yeah. I don't like that. And two, you are doing all the work yourself. Like you are doing the marketing, you're doing the cover design, you're hiring the editors, you're getting the people to do the thing. Like you're, you're in control of all of it. And I wonder, and this may be a question that makes no sense and that's okay because we can cut it out if it doesn't make sense. But do you think that your childhood, any part of your childhood helped you build that resilience, like to go forward and be that headstrong and like do oh the thing? Let, let me tell you, you cannot hurt my feelings. After being, after being a nurse, after working on a med surge floor for two years, there is nothing you can say that can hurt my feelings. I have like skin thick as a rhinoceros right now. Um, like... I can read bad reviews and be like, oh, oh well, okay, cool. <laughs> I'm sorry you didn't like it. Um, yeah, I mean, I, I got a lot of, and people are mean. People are just mean. It doesn't matter what field you work in. Like, you're going to face mean people, just mean, bitter, unhappy people. Um, and from my experience working in a hospital, I, you know, I got to see 
a lot of background like of, from people. So I, I'm trying to figure out how to word this. When people were mean to me, like I could understand why they were mean. It's like they're, they, I saw their life, you know, um, I have their chart, you know, I know exactly everything. I know, I know everything about them. I know their health. I know their social situations. I've got notes from a social workers and all that stuff. So like, I know everything about them and I know I can see how like maybe their life circumstances have led them to be this bitter, nasty person. And so I know when people treat me a certain way, it says a lot more about them than it does me. Um, and that sometimes someone in their situation has led them to be, you know, this bitter person. And that's not really, you know, be, it's not, you know, your book might not be their favorite, but they don't need to be mean about it, of course. Um, but that's just kind of what life led them to be, I guess. I don't know. Yeah. I can see how that field would definitely help thicken your skin up in preparation for this field, for sure. Don't even get me started about doctors. Yeah. <laughs> they're, they're so mean. <laughs> that is like a superpower, though, to have going into the writing industry. Yeah, it To is be helpful. able to look at those negative reviews and not inherently carry them on your shoulders. Mm -hmm to know that they really don't actually reflect the quality that you're putting out there. And it, it says more about the person who wrote that review than it does about your work and you. Right. That's, that's, a, that's a superpower. <laughs> okay. So I think we have time for one last question and it's the final question that sometimes is the trickiest. So if you need a moment to ponder, okay. feel free to take a time, take your time. Okay. But if you could title the book of your life, oh, what okay. would it be? I, you know, so I used to um, do pageants. I did pageants for one year of my life. And we, we, uh, and I did it for like college scholarships. And um, this question actually came up in one of my practice interviews. And I remember very clearly at that point, I was almost like, you know, querying and writing books and putting books out there it's um when you do pageants you really put yourself out there for someone to judge and at that point I thought of this of the word dauntless um that would be the title of my book because the definition of that word really described like everything that I was feeling and and, and going through at the time and like just facing what I was going through with a dauntless um, feeling. So I think I would choose that as my title of my book if I had a nice little biography one day. Dauntless? Dauntless. Like, like yes. a, what's that? What's that series called? <laughs> Divergent. Yes. <laughs> Divergent. But yeah, dauntless. That's an I incredible love that. word. Mm -hmm. Fun fact Dauntless is a video game that you can play. It's it just, Cool. sharing and it's a fantasy video game so perfect Checks it out. it's you're the first <laughs> book title or laugh the question you're the first one to mm -hmm. answer with one word so I love that love it simple yeah. keep it simple and I'm also yeah. terrible at making titles so that's why I would say that word is very true of you because I just googled it to make sure I understood what it meant but showing fearlessness and determination and everything I've seen from you on social media. And I know social media is just a, a mere glimpse of what your life is like, but the parts of it that you have shared 
you exhibit absolute determination and fearlessness. Again, I'll say it. You have two kids and you have written over four, four to five books. I'm sure you got some more hidden in there somewhere. But four (laughs) books that I know of while doing all the things. Like if that's not determination, I don't know what is. Thank you. Makes me a little... Well, you should be proud of yourself. You're doing the thing. And I mean, you're doing the thing and you're inspiring other moms who work and who who love to write. You're encouraging those mamas. And you're also showing your kids that, hey, it doesn't matter whether you're going to be a nurse or whether you're going to stay home, whatever you're going to do, you can chase your dreams. And we tend to always come back to dreams on this podcast. But I just want to applaud you because, again, you are showing your kids and your high school classmates even how important it is to chase your dreams and pursue those things so seriously I, I applaud you well thank you thank you <laughs> Alexis it was a joy to hear about your story and to hear how every little chapter led you to this one and how you're thriving in it and you just have a true it seems like you're truly just content and satisfied and happy with what you get to do. And we're happy because we get to actually read what you're putting out there and escape to these magical worlds that you've created. So thank you for that. Thank you so much for letting me come on and kind of share my story. And I hope other people that, you know, want to write, but don't know if they can, like you definitely, definitely can. Everybody has a story. Well, Alexis, thanks so much for joining us. And we look forward to having you back on the podcast in a couple of years when we have more books out. Yay. <laughs> Sounds good. Bye, girly. Yes. Bye. Bye. Well, that was incredible hearing from Alexis. And I really enjoyed hearing about her early 20s and how that informed her today and her previous jobs, how that's influenced. I think it's incredible that she pursued nursing, and that actually is applicable to her career as an author now. I thought that was fascinating. Yeah, it's very fascinating. We hear a lot of our stories, especially on this podcast, of how their childhood and their younger, younger years really influenced where they are now. So it was nice to hear from a new voice on how really she kind of got that spark in her 20s. That's very fun. That's very interesting. And I actually think, you know, maybe that's more of a common story than we realized because I started writing, truly writing in my early 20s. I agree. I think it's really special. And I think that there's plenty of people out there who probably really can relate to that. No, you hit the nail on the head. We all have a different story, not just one that we're writing, but like a lived story, you know, and we all come from different walks of life. And I love that on this podcast, we get to hear from so many different people sharing about their story. And I'm just really thankful for her as it was a nice one to hear. And I hope it encourages you, whoever's listening right now. I hope it encourages you and speaks to you in some way and that you also can find dauntlessness in whatever it is you're facing. Is that the, that was the word, right? That was yeah, it. that's the word. Perfect. Got well, it. We got it. Well, thank you so much for joining us today on Before the Prologue. Don't forget to subscribe wherever you listen to podcasts so you never miss an episode. And while you're there, leave us a review. It really helps. And if you want some more behind the scenes content, follow us on Instagram at Before the Prologue Podcast. See you next time.